Israel is the only country in the world never allowed to win a war. That's why, by the way, you have the situation in the Gaza. You have all the international idiots telling the Israelis they have to withdraw. And then what happens? You give the Palestinians a statelet and they, they give you Hamas and war. Uh, anyone who thinks the West Bank is going to be a Palestinian state is now living with the fairies. And it's not because of the Israelis. It's because the Palestinian Authority hasn't wished to create a state for decades. It never did. It's only ever been interested in creating a state from the river to the sea, as they always say. It's never been interested in a two-state solution. Palestinian Authority, under two leaders now, has repeatedly turned down every Israeli offer uh, of, of peace. They were offered 99% of what they wanted just 15 years ago, they turned it down again, as Yasser Arafat did at Oslo. They don't want a two-state solution, they want a one-state solution, and that's a Jewish-cleared Palestinian state. Israel pauses for hostages. Russia pushes. Ukraine pushes back. China is not deterred. Welcome to More War Monday here in the Rob Manus Show, live on the Red Voice Media Network. And uh, welcome to our X-Spaces simulcast live audience. We look forward to engaging with you all. The Israel-Hamas war is paused to allow release of hostages from Gaza. But Israel prepares for continued offensive operations and says they will resume after the pause to achieve their goal of eliminating the Hamas threat. Iranian militia forces continue attacking U.S. bases and from Yemen trying to capture ships related to Israel, not flagged under them, but just related to them. Plus, have now fired medium-range ballistic missiles at U.S. warships operating there to prevent them after they captured some Houthi terrorists who attempted the latest hijacking. And I know the Pentagon's apparently saying they're Somali pirates, but I don't buy it. Meanwhile, the war is at a stalemate in Ukraine, but Russia forces in Ukraine are conducting offensive operations along the lines of control and making some small gains in certain areas. But... The Ukraine is also increasing its effectiveness with drone attacks and has established a small hit, foothold on the other side of the Dnipro River, uh, so we're watching for that carefully. Finally, doesn't look like anything that happened at the recent APEC conference in San Francisco established any kind of deterrence of the Chinese Communist Party's goal to reunify Taiwan with the mainland, even by force if necessary. Well, my guest today is U.S. Army retired Colonel John Mills, former director of the Cybersecurity Policy Strategy and International Affairs Office of the Secretary of Defense, and an author with his second book, The War Against the Deep State, just released. John, welcome back to The Rob Manus Show, my friend. Hey, Rob. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a Monday, brother. And, uh, uh, I wanted to get you on a few weeks ago to talk about the Israeli war thing and... Uh, one of the puzzling things to me is people talking about what was in that opening clip. What is the deal, uh, you know, with the with the the Western leadership uh, like the United States and uh, those kind of things? It's almost as if we don't want the Jewish people in the state of Israel to be able to live in peace. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think. Uh... Uh, not talked about a whole lot. Uh, center of gravity, what's going on as, as Israel embarks upon a campaign to destroy Hamas, and they will destroy Hamas, I guarantee it. It'll, it might take decades. They will. Uh, but the, it's not the fighting on the ground. It's not the, uh, it's not the uh, calls for uh, slowdown. It's not the ceasefires so they can swap. Um, tactical swaps may be okay and but in the long term it doesn't change the outcome it's really israel is going to go after hamas and uh, uh the speaker who's at the beginning i can't remember the guy's name but he's brilliant um he's right on i mean this is uh i, I don't like to use the term palestinian it's actually historically inaccurate it's a made-up term from uh, uh yasser arafat's 1964 memo uh, they've given been given 99% of what they wanted, and in the end, no, because what they really wanted is to destroy Israel. And so, I'm, I'm sorry, they 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 created this themselves. They're a proxy of uh, of of Iran, which is a proxy of China. But uh, what I was saying, the center of gravity, it's really about what's the negotiations going on in Qatar. That's where Israel, 
Hamas, um, the U.S. have established essentially a big hub to conduct these negotiations. Yeah. Uh, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. In the end, Israel is still going to destroy Hamas. Um, you know, um, and Qatar has a very interesting history. It, it's a Sunni nation, which means it's the same form of Islam as Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. but they've maintained very good relations with Iran. And and uh, uh, Gutter and Turkey both aligned with the Muslim Brotherhood, which they are mortal enemies of Saudi Arabia, uh, have been time and again have become kind of power brokers or peace brokers on negotiations in Ukraine, uh, now with what's going on here. Um, and uh, it's uh, the, the gutter's always driven the Saudis crazy. That's why a few years ago the Saudis were threatened to literally create a moat uh, from one side to the other on uh, on gutter because they they just the, the Sunnis and gutter just had an uh, amicable relationship with Iran and it drove them nuts. And uh, um, so watch this space. But the uh, uh, Amir Al Al uh, Al Tani uh, of Gutter is doing this, but you got Mossad is there, the Israeli government is there. Um, it's uh, Ismail Haniyeh, who's the exiled leader of Hamas, and he has two lieutenants on the ground in in uh, in the Gaza Strip. This is really where the center of action, and this is what leads to this tactical attempt to control the conflict. And then I think with the Biden team, this is echoes of Johnson wanting to see the daily bombing list and firstly approve the bombing list of North Vietnam and Rolling Thunder until 68. No, um, no, 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 absolutely not. Never have a president, never have a presidential staff daily reviewing the bombing list. Bad idea. Uh, we keep coming back to that. You know, I did the study when I first got to the Pentagon on the Joint Staff uh, about Operation Allied Force and Madeleine Albright and the President of the United States picking targets every day uh, and came up with a methodology to try to prevent it. Uh, but obviously that doesn't work anymore because all they, all they have to do is throw the regulation out or the instruction or whatever you want to call it and say, no, we're not going to follow that. Uh, you know, and uh, so you mentioned the Muslim Brotherhood. Are Hamas and Hezbollah in the, in Lebanon uh, associated with the Muslim Brotherhood? Not many folks that I've had on have talked about the uh, Muslim Brotherhood, mm. their influence. That's a great question. Um, that's actually a very interesting question. I had not pondered that. I think at this point in time, they are separate and distinct from. Hezbollah, Hamas, uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the authority in uh, uh, the former uh, in the West Bank. I'm trying to try to stay away from terms that one side has used politically, but right. the three the three the Gazans, the Hezbollahs, um, and those in the West Bank area. Um, but at the same time, uh, for years, uh, uh, Erdogan has been part of the initiative to support Gaza. So I think there is somewhat of connection. But I would say that Turkey and Gutter are not necessarily, in fact, they've shown a lot of independence to China. So I don't think they're part of China, but you gotta. Uh, but what's going on? The Gazans receive much of their weapons and training from Iran, who also receive them from um, uh, captured U.S. stock in Afghanistan, solar right. weapons from Ukraine, and also North Korea. So uh, I, I would say there is a bit of a distinction between the Muslim Brotherhood and Iran, who is out and out act proxy of China. So that that's. Good question. That's how I would break it down at this point. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a curious uh, situation, John. The uh, uh, let's bring up uh, pick one. It's a status map that I pulled today. Uh, that uh, from ISW. They're usually pretty good. It's dated. It's November twenty sixth. It's the last one they did after uh, Thanksgiving uh, last week. Uh, but it's pretty accurate. The Hezbollah, uh, uh, 
didn't uh, claim any attacks into Israel from Lebanon during that day. The Palestinian militias did clash with Israeli forces in Janine and the West Bank. Uh, neither Israel nor Hamas claimed any violations of the humanitarian pause in the Gaza Strip. Uh, and, uh, I think they're on their fourth or fifth swap of hostages now. And then these fighters seized uh, uh, an Israeli-owned libertarian flag, Liberian flag oil tanker in the Gulf of Aden. Uh, you can bring it down now, Disco. Uh, now, now, to add to that, we've now had uh, uh, another attempt to get an Israeli-related tanker captured uh, by the Houthis. I mentioned it in my intro uh, there. And uh, just before I came on, I saw reporting that the Pentagon's now saying those were Somali pirates. But the Somali pirates, they've been taken down with zero activity in the last few years. Uh, in large part by the United States Special Operations Forces activities that have happened to them. Uh, and uh, that kind of belies the point that the Houthis fired two MRBMs at the at the U.S. Navy fleet that captured those guys. Yeah, Dave, so the press release actually from the Pentagon actually said uh, Somali. That, right? yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because that, uh, with the uh, realization that the return on investment did wasn't there and you know people weren't paying uh, the, uh, and, and you had special operation forces you had uh, 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 security teams on the international ship and yeah the Somali thing went away years ago so I find that rather surprising but they might have been resurrected as a new yeah, adjunct yeah. and they, they as a you know being paid off uh, to get back game because the Hooties only have so many resources and they're a bunch of drugged up uh, Crazies, uh, and the, the drug use in, in Yemen is is horrible, and most most of the Houthis are 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 hopped up on one one drug or another, and now they can uh, have access to all the fentanyl they want. China, uh, so they're really uh, crazy, and so uh, it, it it's it's uh, well, I was we have uh, I put it out today a new on, on Substack a new tanker war. We got to call it for what it is, and this started uh, with the Biden team. Mm -hmm. Really encouraging Singapore to seize a. Uh, um, I have, I'm going to have to refresh my memory. How long ago was this? I don't know if this was almost two years ago, but uh, Singapore to to seize a uh, uh, an Iranian tanker in Singapore, which has set off. We have essentially the tanker war going on now. It's naval skirmishing that has been going on for two years, and uh, and I think this is just an extension because the Houthis are doing this as. Uh, as as proxies of Iran, Iran is a proxy of China. So this is all China, China's CCP creating brush fires around the world to tie us down. To uh, you know, even even in Ukraine, uh, Atlantic Council just put out a report that uh, Chinese assistance has has been very, uh, to Russia has been very important in slowing down uh, Ukrainian activities. And uh, uh, I have my questions on the Atlantic Council on a number of uh, issues, but I think they're right on this. So it's all about China. China is the one, and this is all, they're, they're dropping caltrops wherever they can to slow us down. For those who don't know what a caltrop is, that's a uh, obstacle that knighted, uh, knighted knights would, uh, mounted knights would drop uh, so the horses don't step on them and stub their toes. So it's a... Uh, uh, well, let's go over to our live. Let's go over to our live audience and see if we can take a question uh, from them because uh, I know they have a few. Uh, go ahead, Kat Michelle. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I'm interested in your perspective on Elon's trip to Israel and his commitments, both to um, yield to the communications director for. Uh, uh, Skynet access and and to help rebuild Gaza after uh, the war. Well, I, I think Bill said Skynet, but uh, I think he meant Starlink. But he might have meant Skynet. It's kind of Skynet. <laughs> what's going on today and what's on the horizon? Go ahead, John. Close enough. <laughs> Who can explain Elon? Who knows? You know, nobody has control over Elon, and. Uh, you know, he's just kind of, uh, he's the, uh, he just kind of a knight who just, a uh, prince who just kind of gallivants to wherever he wants to. We can't figure out. I mean, he's, on one hand, he's done one of the greatest things possible is exposing, uh, 
exposing the fraud at Twitter and the crime scene at Twitter and their their uh, dalliance with uh, big tech's dalliance with uh, federal law enforcement. But at the same time, he also dabbles with China and this whole electric vehicle scam, uh, and he gets great wealth from both China and the U.S. government on it. So I don't know, but he does some good, but he does some crazy things also. So, I mean, but he's been pretty on this, on the the Hamas and Israel issue. He's been very pro-Israel, but he's also offering to help rebuild. Good on him, Um, but... uh, who knows what Elon? Nobody can explain what Elon. Only Elon knows what Elon's. Yeah, he took a little heat last week for some nefarious, not nefarious, but just just errant tweet uh, somewhere about being anti-Semitic. And uh, I just saw his uh, his tweet this morning. I think uh, after his trip or during his trip, actions speak louder than words, and that's accurate. Well, John, we gotta uh, we gotta do a commercial break here real quick. Let me do this ad read. And then we'll be right back and we'll talk some urban warfare that the Israelis are facing. Uh, Well, folks, listen up. Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value and your hard-earned savings are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465. Or visit protectfrombiden.com. Well, welcome back to More War Mondays here on the Rob Mana Show live at the Red Voice Media Network and on Spaces with our live audience. And we're talking with retired U.S. Army Colonel and former senior DOD official John Mills today. And I'll just mention your book a little bit. Your second book is out, The War on the deep state that uh, folks should get out there and go get it. We'll show, there's the cover of it right there, The War Against the Deep State by retired Colonel John Mills. Uh, and uh, we'll talk some more about it in the last segment, which I've dedicated to China. Uh, and I think it's, uh, we'll have a lot to talk about there, John. Let's go ahead and show clip two from the Israeli Hamas conflict. Clip just shows the the what the Israeli defense forces are facing in in urban this urban warfare they're fighting. It's just from a, a day or so ago, and uh, I want to show this map now to show folks uh, the size of the war zone because it's not just in Gaza or Israel. Uh, go ahead and bring up uh, picture two. So this is the map of the area, and way down there in the Bottom right-hand corner, you can see at the south end of the uh, uh, of the Red Sea in the Gulf of Aden. There, unspecified fighters seized uh, Israeli-owned Liberian flag tanker. Uh, that's where the second tanker attack, uh, attempted attack, and hijacking occurred. And Yemen is where missiles, cruise missiles, and intermediate, medium-range ballistic missiles are coming from into. Uh, the South Israeli uh, territory they're trying to hit targets. So you can bring that down uh, now, uh, Mr. Producer. The uh, So, John, that uh, I, I think we're seeing urban warfare on a scale we haven't seen really since World War II uh, in this area with this, such yeah. a highly populated area and, and so much infrastructure so close together. Uh, uh, it, they have to do it, though. If they're going to take Hamas... Uh, down and eradicate them so that they're no longer a threat ever again. They have to do it to get down underneath the surface, don't they? Yeah, well, this is, yeah, this is uh, conventional combined arms efforts with some soft mixed in, but this is high intensity combat. This is Fallujah. This is roughly a six by six 
the current conflict zone is not all of Gaza Strip, but really the, the northeast. Uh, it's a rectangle kind of lying on its side at about 45 degrees. It's uh, um, the uh, it's about a six by six mile area, and uh, the Israelis are going about very slowly, very methodically. They have a lot of armored vehicles that are specially configured. Um, you have the Merkava tank, which they showed, which is a it's a it's one of the best tanks in the world. Uh, hasn't been penetrated by any anything. At least the hull hasn't. They have uh, armored fighting vehicles for infantry based on the based on the uh, Merkava, which is the Merkava without the turret. Uh, they have a number of different. Uh, um, it's the, the real story on this slow, methodical campaign are the combat engineers and their variety of vehicles to creep forward, clear the area of booby traps, of ordnance as best as possible uh, as you move in. And you don't have to be assaulting every building. A lot of times you can just, uh, you can isolate and cut off some of these buildings. People need, they need food, they need water. Um, and uh, can, uh, you can do different methods to uh, wait them out or encourage them to come out, uh, things like that. But it's it is it is it's like Fallujah uh, uh, in 2004 in Iraq, and when the Marines went in, uh, they they just they leveled the place. I mean, but they went in slowly and methodically too, with a lot of soft support, air support, uh, army conventional support, engineer support. Uh, but going through these, you've got to just you use bulldozers to break down these different compounds and break into these uh, break into these buildings. And uh, sometimes just collapsing the building is the best way forward. So anybody hiding in the building and, and the Israelis have been giving very, uh, I, you know, Admiral Hagari, their main spokesperson. I've been very impressed with him. I've been very impressed with uh, they have. Their 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 cyber dominance allows them to target people in the building, and call them up, give them several hours notice to vacate the building. It's been very impressive. So and they and they actually they they target a few people in the building and say, "Hey, uh, Mohammed, you are now in charge of this building. It is your job to get everybody out in two hours." So they 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 pin the rose on somebody, say, "You are now in charge." your job to get everybody out in two hours and it's this has been extremely effective and it's it, it's in accordance with the laws of war they're giving them ample opportunity to evacuate and uh just uh, when we're island clearing and clearing bunkers uh, in our in in the pacific <clears throat> we often gave them ample opportunity to surrender and after a certain amount of time they're not going to surrender okay you know just like with the time somebody somebody challenged me said did we warn the Japanese before we dropped the atomic bomb on uh, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Uh, yeah, actually, we did. Actually, we, that, uh, we had B-29s pretty, dropping. <laughs> leaflets, yeah, uh, leaflets radio cables to the emperor and to the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, joint, the joint chiefs of staff in uh, Tokyo. I mean, it was all there. Uh, it was yeah. all there. And, and I think the do you think the Israelis are uh, have turned a corner uh, and that are now uh, winning the information war because for a few days there you know with all the crazy leftists uh, around the world especially in our country at universities and everything uh, there was a lot of the the uh, mockingbird media some people call it the the, the I call it the government media uh, starting to. Uh, you know, say, oh, the Israelis are breaking the law, they're murdering people, it's genocide, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, the facts just don't support that. Yeah, I, I think, because this is much, I call this, we're still in the third phase of the conflict. Phase zero was a year plus preparation. As, mm -hmm. And I've read through the uh, operations order, the very detailed planning. Um, so it's over a year in planning, and much of it because of the collapse of America and Afghanistan emboldened them, also enriched them with weapons. Uh, so that was phase zero. Phase one was one day, October 7th. Okay. Yeah. Phase two is, is it's combined. We see and talk about the ground of thrust into Gaza, but it's really the information war. And yes, I think the Israelis have really done this. Now, the uh, radicals uh, around the world, say in America, I think this is the same group who were Antifers, 
who are Black Lives Matter. These are your rent-a-mob. And uh, uh, Andy Noe has done a lot of research on this. There's a lot of very common overlap. And and I also did a substack not too long ago where watch watch this space. This is why the Chinese paramilitaries have been muscling into to cannabis operations, legal cannabis operations, but I totally disagree with. Uh, they're high cash operations because you can't bank that money that you make on legal cannabis. Well, the Chinese paramilitaries have been muscling in. I mean, most recently, I mean, it's been happening. It's been noticed in California, Oklahoma, but most recently, uh, uh, it was on ban and, uh, uh, you know, this report in Maine because, hey, the Chinese can move in. Uh, you know, these are the illegals coming up through Panama. They muscle their way in. They have a lot of cash and they turn around. And I would, I would pause it. There's a strong reason to believe that they're the ones paying the uh, the, the violence and uprising. Uh, so they're just they're just skimming the cannabis money and paying these uh, the rent a mob to create violence. But I think in answer to your question, very simply, yes, the Israelis have turned the corner. I think they've achieved a. This is their their the crazies uh, rioting in the street, no matter where they're at. Um, I don't think demonstrate success, advantage, or momentum. It's 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 a, a tantrum because they're losing the information war. Yeah, uh, just before we came on, uh, it was being reported that Prime Minister Netanyahu had uh, has said that we, we they would continue the pause if the Hamas will release ten hostages per day. Uh, they'll, they'll approve the continuation every twenty four hours. Uh, so they must be feeling uh, good about what's going on and what's happening. Uh, behind the scenes and from the intel they're getting and those kind of things. Well, let's go over to the live audience, John, and see if we've got uh, a question. Go ahead, Kat Chell. Um, nobody has their hand up, so I'll ask a question. It's pretty general. Um, but, okay, so at the end of the day, let's pretend <laughs> that that Israel actually wipes out Hamas in that area. Does this does the conflict stop there? That's what I want. I mean, it kind of feels like it, sometimes it's whack-a-mole. Like once they're wiped out, it's going to be something else popping up. I'm just kind of curious what your guys' take is on that. Go ahead, John. Well, uh, great question, Kat. Um, I think uh, no. It's a very simple answer. No, it will not. But uh, Israel will do to the gate Hades all all members of Hamas. Uh, so uh, Ismail Haniyeh uh, in uh, um, the the, the Exile leader, he will be eliminated. I guarantee it. You got two that are mysterious that are on the ground, the chief operating lieutenants, and that's uh, Yewa Sinwar and Mohammed Daif. Uh, they will be eliminated. But there's anybody who provides, has provided support, that means resources uh, for, for them, will be tracked down and eliminated. It may be a 10, 20 year campaign. But this is different. This is what I have to always point out. This is not. Everybody goes, oh, this is just more Arab-Israeli conflict. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. This is a proxy war where China is causing world mayhem, whether it's aiding Russia and Ukraine, whether it's uh, uh, sneaking to take over the Panama Canal, where, whether it's fentanyl into America, whether it's taking over domestic uh, domestic cannabis, or it's this. So this is this is very different. So simple answer yes it'll continue on because this even after hamas is wiped out china will figure out will use more proxies in the middle east to cause uh, mayhem yeah it's all, it's almost as if uh, i agree with you the conflict won't end uh, uh, but israel will be in a much different position and are really in a much different position uh, to defend itself uh, and maybe get some peace uh, eventually out of this. Uh, but, uh, you know, the China connection really, uh, I mean, effectively, John, uh, the United, it's put the United States and the Western allies uh, in the uh, logistics and, and intelligence equivalent of a world war with currently two fronts and a potential third front with the Taiwan issue. Uh, and uh, I mean that in, in all sincerity that that's where we're at. Not that I'm not, I don't want to be the, the desk pounder about World War III is coming, uh, but that's where we're really at. And uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll turn to the other front uh, with Russia and Ukraine, where China is all, also uh, behind the scenes uh, working hard to keep that one going. 
I'm Rob Manus. We'll be right back. If you're like me and you want to be prepared for the unexpected that's where the wellness company's emergency medical kit comes over 40 percent of americans say that they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation medical emergency kits with ivermectin the kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in the event of natural disasters supply chain shortages medical emergencies or like an apocalyptic situation these are the actual medications that you would need in the event of certain situations so they've got emergency antibiotics antivirals antiparasitics Okay, uh, on the war with Ukraine, that's the next one. No question, aggression is aggression. To transgress the international law is a, is a transgression of international law. We can't accept it. Uh, so I would not like to, to speak too much about that because it's obvious. But the question was how we Europeans will react on that. And we, we did not in a proper way. I do remember when the similar crisis happened with Crimea. I was there at the negotiation table at that time also in the European Council, and our leaders, we together, responded to the Crimean crisis to say that we have to localize the conflict, localize and isolate the conflict. And we sent the German and the French leaders uh, to negotiate, and we reached the Minsk Treaty which managed somehow, not so, but managed the situation. Nowadays, when this Donetsk uh, conflict erupted, our response was just the opposite, globalizing the conflict, not localize, but internationalize and globalize the conflict. And now this issue is a global issue. I think it's bad. It's bad for everybody. It's bad for Europe, it's bad for the Ukrainians, bad for the Russians, it's bad for everybody. Okay. Uh, when we are speaking on that war, we have to understand where we are. Uh, what was the strategy of the West in that war? I simplify a little bit, but, but this is the fact. Our strategy was that the Ukrainians will, that the Ukrainians will fight uh, and will win on the front line. The Russians will lose on the front line. And that lose will create a change in Moscow, there will be a new leadership, and we can negotiate. Putin is a world climber, you know, crime maker, whatever. Uh, and the new leadership will be acceptable as partner for negotiation to the European Union. That was the strategy. We finance the Ukrainians uh, fight and die. Where we are now, it's obvious that the Ukrainians will not win on the front line. There is no solution on the battleground. Russians will not lose. There will be no political change in Moscow. This is the reality. Welcome back to the Rob Mina Show. And uh, we're turning to the Russia-Ukraine war. That was uh, the uh, president of Hungary, uh, Viktor Orban, talking there just a few days ago about the situation and, and what occurred decision-making-wise leading up to where we are now. And our guest today is retired U.S. Army Colonel John Mills uh, and a former senior DOD official. Uh, John, I've got a map here uh, that I want to bring up. Uh, uh, it's a big picture map, so it shows the whole area uh, in the southeast where Russia is occupied and everything. And uh, you can see along the map, uh, if you look at the color coding, there's just not a lot of, uh, uh, of either blue uh, color coding on the red line or more red going to towards the blue areas. And I think that's a good picture of the stalemate there. But there are a couple of places where the Russians are, are uh, making some small gains around uh, one industrial town south of Bakhmut. Uh, and the Ukrainians have a foothold on the other side of the Dnipro, right? You can bring that down now. Just... Yeah, and I think it's a decisive uh, uh, 
footprint and growing footprint across the, the Dnieper that uh, the Ukrainians have finally been able to establish. But in the aggregate, in the whole, you have to say it's essentially a stalemate at this time. Now, the naval front has been a bit different with a lot of support from British SPS, excuse me. Uh, the Ukrainians have absolutely hammered the Russian Navy, uh, including blowing up submarines in dry docks that are well within protected areas. And they've used drones to hammer uh, the F. I'm amazed how many S300, S400 uh, aircraft positions have been blown up. Those are high value, they're powerful missiles, but they're, they're, they're very vulnerable on the close-in fight. And, and small drones have been able to get in time and again and blow those up and attack airfields. So on the on the ground, frontline, some advances uh, by Ukraine, but not a decisive breakthrough yet to uh, toward the Crimea or splitting the land bridge up to the, uh, the uh, you know, the Donetsk area. Um, and and yeah, I mean, the back mood, I, I, I don't give a whole lot of Credence to what's going on. I mean, where they've been going back and forth on inches in Bakhmut for months now. Yeah. Um, but but I think uh, so. The Atlantic Council has come out said China's support has been decisive in sustaining the uh, the Russians, and so you got to read China and Ukraine, and that's where I go again. As much as there might, might there may have been corruption, as much as we don't like a lot of things that are going on in Ukraine, you've got to look at this context. This was a battleground. That was part of the Chinese uh, Chinese Russian plan to topple America. So, I'd say bottom line: ground stalemate. Ukraine continues to innovate, show success in some of the other areas, but in the end, I you, you, my my position was always from the beginning enough resources so that you, it can be a fair fight, and that's it. That's it. And we we're well past that point. And I said, not a not a farthing more until an inspector general and staff are appointed. And for some reason, we just failed to appoint an IG. So I said, fine, no resources, no resources. And I know uh, uh, Zelensky's upset. Hey, you know, every, nobody's paying attention to the war anymore. I'm sorry, guys. This is your war. You got to you got to take care of it from here. My eye is my eye is American interests, American agenda in the big picture. And yeah. the Middle East is a proxy war. And you know, we're having a lot of pushing and shoving in the Pacific uh, around Filipino territory. The Chinese are trying to take, you know, two two different outcroppings uh, just 100 miles offshore. That is that is the economic zone of the Philippines. And, you know, they are continuing at uh, the, every month. I mean, they're now they're hitting 80, 90, 110 sorties a day. And you with your aviation background, I, I assess that what they're really trying to accomplish, uh, China's really, is is get their operational art down in recycling and regenerating airframes for, for the next sortie. And that's, as you know, that's an art form. And, and so their ability to sustain 100 sorties a day, uh, I think that demonstrates a maturing art form in re, uh, regenerating their aircraft. That's not a good thing. We don't want them to be get good at that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it might not have started out this way when our decisions drove Russia to China to try to sell their uh, their energy products to get money and everything. But uh, they definitely are working together now. There's no doubt about it uh, because, uh, you know, I think Orban's uh, on the mark here because the GDP reports for Russia is that it's higher than it was before the start of the war. Uh, so uh, there's... Uh, there's a lot going on there that, uh, unfortunately, our media and our governments uh, on the West side seem to ignore. But there was some reporting earlier in the week, John, that the U.S. and Germany are telling Ukraine now, hey, you're going to have to sue for peace and, and come up with some solution uh, that's going to involve giving up some territory. Is there any truth to that? Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe, I mean, Jake Sullivan and the national security staff are personally engaged in the negotiations in gutter. So this, this sucks the ox. There's only so much bandwidth national security council and the national command authority. There's only so much bandwidth and, um, you know, but it, it, uh, 
Vietnam was a cool thing that the media loved until, you know, the Tet Offensive and Cronkite turned against uh, turned against Johnson. Hey, come on, the media was totally complicit in, in the Vietnam War up until that point. Then they suddenly said, oh, the administration's lying. Oh, it's all a lie. Oh, they hope they they love you. Know, Dan Rather and Walter Cronkite loved traveling to, uh, you know, Vietnam and getting these reports. And they were they were essentially cheerleading Johnson. So the same thing again here. They were cheerleading the conflict in Ukraine. And now it's not interesting anymore. So they're looking at something else. You know, they're complicit in this. Oh, yeah, they sure are. Well, let's go over to the uh, live audience over on Spaces and see what we've got there, Kat and Shell. Believe it or not, I don't have a hand up. So you guys are off the hook this round. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I take it back. Elizabeth from Texas has her hand up. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Good. Sorry about that. Okay. With everything that is going on in the world, are we going to be able to salvage this world? I mean, there's so much, and you can go in so a thousand different directions, and there's just so much. It's terrifying to some people. That's a great question, Elizabeth. Uh, I've got my own thoughts on that. We'll, we'll let our guest answer it first and see what he says, John. As bad as it is, I have absolute confidence we'll be able to salvage something out of this. And I'm a, I'm a Churchill guy. Never, ever, ever give up. Never, ever, ever surrender. This is a god-awful mess. I've never thought I'd see everything you know, that, that's gone on in the last uh, you know, seven, eight years. Um, but uh, um, you know, we'll, we, God is in control, and we'll, we will be victorious. Uh, just uh, uh, God, family, and country, put, put it in that order, and uh, never give up, never surrender our incredible constitutional republic. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's certainly a challenging situation, Elizabeth. Uh, we are uh, uh, at a point in just three short years where we went from not entering any, into any new wars, actually defeating ISIS, uh, you know, developing a good plan to withdraw from Afghanistan without a collapse, uh, is what the uh, you know what the intent was. Uh, unfortunately, the last administration uh, is not in office now. So this administration came in, and, and now we find ourselves, uh, uh, like I said, in effect, in a two-front World War Three potential three-front World War Three situation. Uh, and uh, we are doing some things right. We're rebuilding the process of rebuilding our industrial base. Uh, we have uh, things like the Select Committee on the on the Chinese Communist Party that Mike Gallagher's leading out of the House of Representatives. That's focusing on uh, on that, uh, plus focusing on what they're doing uh, from a uh, cyber perspective, uh, what they're doing uh, from a business perspective. You know, there are a lot of rules that America has put in place that favors the Chinese Communist Party businesses, uh, so that we are. Now taking a harder look at that and coming up with solutions to prevent those kind of things. So I think I think uh, yes we can. Uh, as John said, I'm a Churchill guy too. Never ever ever give up. Uh, but we still have a lot of work to do, and we've got to stay on it. Uh, so John, we got to take another break here uh, in our last one, and we'll come back and we'll talk about China and Taiwan uh, and uh, what they're up to. I'm Rob Manus. We'll be right back. Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a plan to protect your wealth? Our friends at American Alternative Assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. Visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will give you all the answers you need. American Alternative Assets is an A-plus and accredited member of the Better Business Bureau. 
Protect your savings now before it's too late. Visit protectfrombiden.com. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. deterred in thinking, you know what, America does have resolve, they're going to fight me if I take Taiwan, then the meetings were failures, in my opinion. All you have to do is go look at the readouts from the Chinese side, look at what Xi Jinping says to his people, to his domestic audience, and they are doubling and tripling down on Taiwan, Maria. So I think clearly they have not been deterred yet. I might add, by the way, such an important point that you and General Keane brought up about the American business leaders giving Xi Jinping a standing ovation. It's one of the most disgraceful things I've seen from American business. This is a man who both Trump and Trump and Biden don't agree on a lot. One thing that they both agree on is that there's an ongoing genocide in Xinjiang, in China, against the Muslim Uyghurs. And so they gave a standing ovation to a man who was complicit, as declared by both Trump and Biden, in genocide. And it was one yeah. of the most shameful days for American business that I've seen in a long time. Welcome back to the Rob Mena Show. It's more War Mondays here on the Red Voice Media Network on this show. And we're live, and we're live on Spaces uh, with our simulcast audience over there. And our guest today is retired U.S. Army Colonel John Mills, uh, who's also a former senior DOD official and an author. Uh, his latest book is out, The War on the Deep State. Can't wait to read it. Haven't had a chance to yet, John. Uh, but I uh, wanted to dedicate this, uh, and there's the cover of the book, uh, and uh, I wanted to dedicate this last segment to China and the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, uh, Morgan there really spelled it out is what I was thinking, too, after reading some of the readouts, the public stuff uh, on the Chinese side, is that we didn't do anything last week to deter China. As a matter of fact, we probably uh, opened the door another crack or two to them taking Taiwan or feeling like they can. Yeah, and, and I should have said this up front. Anything I say, just my, my personal observations and experience when I was in service here and don't represent any organization or uh, 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 any any other entity, uh, just my personal uh, observations. Um, yeah, that, uh, that gathering was interesting. I'm not sure what was accomplished there. Well, I, I take that back, take that back. We learned that uh, if uh, motivated, uh, San Francisco can clean up uh, the streets along the route of a visiting totalitarian. Um, okay, so hooray, that they can do that. Why can't they clean up the rest of the city? It's a total mess. It's just disgusting. I, I, as a kid, I had relatives close by, and I used to walk as a kid safely from San Francisco. Those days are long gone. They can come back with the right leadership. So. Uh, I'm really not sure what was accomplished. Uh, and uh, um, China's under a lot of pressure. They need food. I, uh, this, this influx of Chinese paramilitaries up through Panama is very disturbing. And again, moving in on local cannabis operations. This is in addition to killing 10,000 Americans a month with fentanyl. 10,000 dead American a month with fentanyl, 100% from China is not compelling. I frankly don't know what to say. And we just seem to be totally, uh, there's no outrage. Uh, there's just, everybody is just blah on this topic. I don't know if everybody's just been uh, totally uh, mass psychosis uh, into uh, into an absolute, they got, they're worrying about so many things that the 10,000 bodies around them in their own communities mean nothing, I guess. Um, yeah. And that. Yeah, we're we're in a we're in a struggle for our lives, and it's all about uh, it's all about leadership. It's all about leadership, and uh, on, on this country. And so my my book uh, was um, about the foundations of the surveillance state, which I worked on 2007 to 2014. It's also about the unlawful fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of the government that developed the administrative state. Uh, the blurring together of federal intelligence, law enforcement, and big tech, and then the non the role of the nonprofits. So, you know, the poster child is the UPenn Biden Center and their work on the 51 Intel officer letter. They're totally illegal. Um, 
So all eyes, you know, the good news is we have a Supreme Court case. It's all important. I'm a direct material witness to a number of the uh, proceedings in this court case. It's Missouri and Louisiana versus mm-hmm. DHS. Okay. So uh, um, Supreme Court's supposed to hear in the spring. I just pray that it's a right and, and uh, right outcome because uh, we get that we get that decision going the right way. It's going to be great news on taking our country back. I can't fathom that they would vote the other way. Supreme Court would allow what's going on. It's just so patently unlawful. Uh, yeah. Wow. Now they, they they may find a technical uh, defect in the way the case has been handled. It may kick it back for further work. I just can't believe that they would say, you know, you know, just patently give the rubber stamp to hey. Uh, federal government surveillance of American citizens uh, and silence, silencing them, uncensoring them on social media is okay. And then plus the collusion of big tech. And I can't believe they will come out with that. But I, I'm hoping it'll be a decisive win. Uh, it may be a less than decisive win. It may be the Fifth Circuit has to redo something. I don't know. But uh, watch this case, because this is really, this is the Gettysburg of America. Watch this case in the spring. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about China in this segment. Is it in relation to your book and the surveillance state that's emerged? You know, I mean, uh, we are. Uh, uh, Jack Keen's quote was up on that clip, folks, that you couldn't see uh, uh, at the bottom that said that. The Chinese Communist Party essentially has penetrated American civil society like no other, no other adversary has ever been able to accomplish. Uh, and uh, and I think the surveillance state on our side has enabled that. Yeah, well, this is a uh, uh, Mudge Zatko was the security officer for Twitter before Elon took over, but uh, he immediately went in. And I knew Mudge a little bit. Um, he uh, he actively saw it was patently obvious Chinese intelligence was working inside active agents of China. I mean, Chinese intelligence were employees of. This isn't people who. Had been bought off. This is literally MSS employees were also employees of uh, Twitter, uh, but also a number of other states. Uh, named some, even though he named them out loud, but I will name. Uh, uh, he said a number of countries, um, and so this shows, yeah, absolutely shocking and outrageous that uh, this would just be allowed. Now, where was the FBI on this? I don't know. They created the Foreign Influence Task Force, and I think that's the nexus of the. Um, um the 2013 uh, uh, update Smith moot law where you could take US government information and then aim it at the American people and then implicitly well that meant if somebody questioned it they were really questioning America and then the foreign influence task force set up uh it was executive order 13848 in uh, 2018 I think that Trump was tricked into signing all well, that created the foreign influence task force and I think China was all, you know, was enabling a lot of this. But it, the Foreign Influence Task Force was the FBI entity, Elvis Chan, Laura Demlow, that uh, started taking briefcases full of names. And, uh, you know, they've, until the Supreme Court decision, uh, federal government can still do this. Uh, I would caution and counsel them against doing this because if it turns out the right way, they're going to be in, in even deeper than they already are. Um, but yeah, China's China's manipulating so many elements of our society, and we just seem to be a very different approach to the, 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 the Soviets were much more thuggish and oafish and incompetent. Um, not saying the Chinese are always competent, but they are relentless in their psychological uh, assault. And again, control of uh, control of the American society, whether it's academia, whether it's in business interests, MBA, they are relentless. I think we're going to win in the end, but it's a, it's a mess right now. Yeah, they all that intellectual property they've stolen from us, they've put to good use. I mean, you can see it actually playing out in in real time here, John. The uh, uh, when we're talking about 
the surveillance state and and the deep state and winning a war against it, what do you mean exactly? And how will people know what you mean from the book? Well, it's, we got three branches of government that have been created, much of it because of the environment that mass surveillance has, has uh, created this uh, 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 ability to oversee the American public on a scale that's breathtaking and never seen before. And I think this really provided entree to career professionals inside of government who have said, wow, this is neat. I can use it for all kinds of interesting things. Tracking down terrorists, well, tracking down terrorists, we're not allowed to do that anymore. So we got to use it for something. Let's track down Americans. Uh, let's track down Americans who are exercising their free speech. And with Smith Moot, uh, we're creating government information for the American people. And with the Foreign Influence Task Force, uh, if they question it, they must be foreign agents. Therefore, they they must be subject to uh, surveillance. So this is a uh, this is a very scary what is what has developed. And uh, we got to get uh, there are white hats inside. We got to get them. We got to encourage them and get more to come forward and put their foot down also. But uh, you know, China's. Uh, China has just really, really done a good job of, of, of penetrating our different societal institutions. I mean, yeah, they're, uh, uh, I don't know what you think about it, but Doug, you know who Doug Mackey is, a.k.a. Ricky Vaughn. He's been put in prison for a meme uh, from the 2016 yeah. election. And uh, Owen Schroyer from InfoWars, a, a journalist, was shouting 1776 outside the Capitol on January 6th, never entered it, never never hurt anybody, never broke anything, and he's in prison, uh, but got thrown into solitary confinement for releasing the uh, contents of a phone call from prison. Uh, it, it's incredible. I hope, hopefully, we haven't gone so far that we can't turn it back. Well, let's go over to the audience. I think we've got a question up there. Uh, Kat, Shell, what you got? Joseph, go ahead. Hey there, sorry. Uh, my question was mainly towards what you're talking about with China, then back to Ukraine and Israel. But how would we be able to talk to just normal people who don't necessarily pay attention? They wave their Ukraine flags and they wave their Palestinian flags. They don't really understand the full contents. And I travel from space to space trying to see other people's viewpoints, and it's pretty much garbled nonsense with no backing. In fact, one pro-Palestinian uh, space was talking about how Elon Musk was backing Hamas. And I just, that, that's absolutely 100% not true. I knew it wasn't true. I've seen how Elon Musk implemented policies that if you repeat from the river to the sea, you, that's considered genocidal talk. Yeah. And it would be banned on Twitter. But what I'm going with is with if if you are to talk to these normal people, what's a good way to explain them and not just explain what's going on, how to root it to China? Well, John, we've got about 20 seconds before we got to go. Go ahead. Wow, Joseph, that's a great question. Uh, I just try to be as rational and reasoned as possible. Uh, and just don't accept this, this drivel of hatred about no, you know, no matter what the topic is. They don't even know why they're waving the Ukrainian flag. You know, Russia's bad. And the, with that thing, I said, hey, you know, where were all you guys during the Cold War? You know, the, Russia. Now, now you're saying Russia's bad. But these are the same folks who are saying Soviet Union really isn't that bad during the Cold War. So be, be intellectually consistent here, and that they can't be intellectually consistent um, now. Russia is the source of, of all evil. They are not a Putin and the leadership. They are not nice people. Uh, had, had to deal a lot with the Russians and Soviets. They are, in the end, not nice people in a lot of ways. But don't don't hold people accountable. But it's it's a it's a it's a challenge. But uh, but uh, Russia's not the not the enemy. But they're not good either. But uh, but yeah, this this visceral. You know, they already the, the, they always got to have an enemy. Now it's Russia. Now it's Israel. Now it's always got to have it they don't but i think those like you said they don't even know what they want so just try to have a have a little bit of a rational conversation without shouting or uh, uh but uh, that's i know that's a challenge yeah propaganda is an evil thing my friend well john thank you so much for uh coming and talking with us today we appreciate it folks find his book 
the war against the deep state. It's at Amazon and all the other locations. Uh, uh, John, I got about five seconds left. Where can folks find you? Colonel Red John, Substack Getter and Truth, moreagainstthedeepstate.com. Thank you. It's always an honor, Rob. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And I appreciate it. Uh, uh, Tucker's still laughing. We'll see you tomorrow, Training Tuesday, Ambassador Pete Hoekstra talking about intelligence failures. Ha <laughs> ha!